There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Check one, two, check one, two. I just want one week in Supercoach where I don't have to worry about anything come Tuesday. And it looks like there's a couple of injuries we have to contend with. Jason Tamalolo, Sifatalakai, both of them could be out long term. Hopefully not. Uh, I'm Nessie Whisperer. You are listening to the Jewel Podcast. Um, joined, as always, by Barista22. You can see our scores on the screen, boasting just over a 1,000. Brewski, you're just sitting under. Hopefully some updates can be kind to us. A Nico Hines Sinbin in the 80th minute was not the way I wanted to end my week, but overall, uh, probably seeing slight reds for myself. Uh, up and down, your roosters suck. They cost me many, many points. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if they suck, but geez, no, Penrith, suck. Were, Penrith were clinical. The, the Chookies defended quite well, I thought, um, considering how much Penrith threw at them, but their attack is just awful, awful. Yeah, like I, th- I think the, the scoreline, like 20 points was flattering to, to Penrith. But yeah, just Penrith just is so good at just capitalizing on, on small mistakes and just punishing them uh, overall. But yeah, overall, like who were, who were the big winners in your Supercoach side? Who were the big losers? Uh, I was looking, I was I was on like 300 points through like three players or something in the first two like two games. Like I had Maddo was killing it. I had Garrett kill it. Pangai was solid. And then I, I just, it just sort of fizzled out. South's were awful. Taff and Walker, not great. Daniel Tupo and obviously uh, Lolo, all sort of poor scores for me. I, um, I started with Pangai, which was decent. Katoni Staggs, obviously, he, he went well this week. Papa Lee went well. And Olakawatu went, you know, 45s, not awful. Hey, t- Turbo's not out, great. mate. That, he's going to become hot property now. Like, the DC's got no one, so he's just going to have to hit Olakawatu. Yeah, I'm hoping that kicks him back up because it was a concern for me, but I did end up jumping on. Uh, I was a little reluctant because I thought that Turbo might cruel his scores a little bit, and he has over the last two weeks. So, silver linings. Uh, Turbo's gone ski, so hopefully it's guac time. Yeah, so a couple of big things that have happened. Like Turbo done for the season. Not good. Mm. Uh, not good for Manly. Not good for Supercoach. Not good for... For anyone, really, I mean, the positive thing is if we can find a positive out of it, he's going to be priced at an average of 65 next year. So, going to be 100% owned in the preseason, which is not fun, but at least it locks down a spot for us for next year's planning. Um, and I guess the, the game that we'll touch on to right now, the the Broncos and the Knights, and if you own so in Cobo, you were having a flyer. If you bought him and then sold him, it is rough, rough times. I was never an owner, so I'm not too fussed either way. But 131 points from Selwyn Cobo. Is he origin bound? I think they should wait, but I do think he will be picked. Well, his teammate Corey Oates is also playing exceptional footy right now too. So you've got Oates, Coates and Cobo. Two of those guys have to fit into, or three of those have to fit into two holes. 
I think they just run with Coates and and uh, Cobo personally. I think, oh, but then again, Corey Oates is you know experienced in Origin, and that does count for something. Plus, oh, I suppose Coates can Coates can play on the left. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll, it might be might be Coates and. Uh, not sorry, I get so confused. Coats, oats, and, too many, too many people. Yeah, too many oats. So basically, I just got to fix my microphone there. Knights twelve, Broncos thirty six. As I said, headlined by Selwyn Cobb with one hundred and thirty one. Jordan Ricky with ninety six. Ezra Mam on debut got the late call up with an eighty eight. Is he going to be around? Is he going to stick around long term in this side, or just can we just go back to what was working with Adam Reynolds and uh, Tyson Gamble? Uh, he won't. He won't stick around, barring injury. I don't think, or unless there might be a form a form slump. I do think long term, Mam and you know Reynolds is is the combination. But I don't think after one game they'll they'll throw it throw out you know the other fella Gamble. Um, yeah, I think it'll just be back to Gamble personally. Pretty much the entire backline scored well here as well. Well, Herbie Farnworth got a 71. Coates got a... Not Coates. Uh, Staggs got an 83. Coates got a 67. And then you've got your middles in Pat Carrigan and Payne Haas both getting 65 and 60 respectively. Both just laying a platform. Payne Haas, poor week or quiet week last week. 60 is quiet for his standards. Heading into origin um, off the shoulder. I did sell him. Um, obviously, I'm not, not glad to sell someone who pumped out 60, but... There are the same option or same price output for cheaper options. If you did hold through the through the injury, through the injury, I'd be just holding him through. Um, but not the pain house of of old. I don't I don't know if that was a case of a dominant Bronco side that didn't need him to roll up the sleeves, or if his minutes are being managed ever so slightly. For the Knights, however, Tyson Frizzell seventy eight, Kalen Ponga seventy eight, Clemmer with a sixty nine. Just backs up. Like I had concerns over his output with Barnett back, uh, with Frizzell back, with the Saifedi boys playing big minutes, but. He is turning back the clock to three, four years ago with his output. Yeah, bona fide keeper at the moment. So if you if you did jump on, and I know over the last week or two, a lot of people have been considering that. Good work. Uh, he's definitely someone I've got my eye on bringing in uh, probably as soon as round 14. Shout out to Bradman Best's elbow. That, oh, okay. that, was, that was yucky. Less said about that, the better. Moving on to game two, the Tigers 36, the Bulldogs 22. It's always a good week when the Tigers win and the Chooks lose. Headlined (laughs) headlined by Kenny Mamalo with a 90-point game, two tries in that corner at Leichhardt. Uh, Joe Offerhengiawi, I feel like I'm saying his name way too often, week in, week out for good scores. He he had an 88. Uh, uh, Sorry, Brown. Uh, What a great story. Like he was told, wouldn't play again, drove left, right and center, traveled overseas to get clearance, finally got it, came in, 87 points. What a story for him. Luke Garner with an 84, Stafford Toe with a 78, and Jock Madden with a 61. Overall, I don't know. it's, It's a nice win. We scored 36 points, which is great. But we let in 22 against the side. Was it a nice win? I mean, any wins, any wins a nice win. But uh, yeah, we scored well. 30, 36 points, which is cool. But we let in 22 against a side who have the attacking shape of an under sixes side, which isn't that isn't that great. Yeah, a lot of those points that you scored too in the second half came with the sin bin. So that's why I said like I wouldn't be overly excited about it. First half you looked wonderful, but. Second half, they pulled your pants down a bit. And then, obviously, you guys only really fought back when... I can't remember who the second Simbin was. 
Uh, I think it was Shop. Was Shop the second Simbin? Might have been. Shows you how much attention I paid to this game. Um, um, your fav- yeah, like your a, favorite player, like, Jerry Marshall mm. King, was very good. Oh, he's fucking killing it, isn't he? <laughs> He obviously listens to the podcast. Yeah, sh- shout, so shout out to JMK. Out. Shout out to JMK. He's 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 heard my um my verbal bashings in the off season and him, said him he and was Sean this Lane. bastard. I'm going to fucking him and Sean Lane. Him and Sean Lane both big fans of the show. Big like big fans. Um, I'll tell you what though, it is Corral season. He has announced himself. Had a great game in his first game. Had a great game in his second Supercoach game. All aboard the Corral's train. Yeah, he makes me. The way that he played makes me happy that I went a week early on Peoples because um, it's just one less headache next week. There, there's a quite a few cheapies on offer next week and you're obviously probably not going to be able to get them all. So I'm quite glad that I jumped a week early and, and got Peoples this week despite a lowish score. Yeah, there's three cheapies on offer. There's two guns that need to be traded. At, well, oh, let's wait and see on Talakai, but there's definitely one gun in Lola that we have to trade out and obviously you've got Peoples. Uh, Wolf, I'm sure you're alluding to, and Karaz. I think Karaz is the the main priority out of those three. But yeah, just his base was fantastic, and even like his attack is is good. Like he has good power. He's got the tackle breaking ability, and just looks really good. Like in both games he's played. Like I don't really need to say much more on 170k option, but yeah, he was exceptional. So uh, seven work rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just a, a little working machine. 85 points from him. Uh, Matt Burton, who I was very, very keen on buying, I just, I just couldn't make it work because I owned Munster and I owned Cody Walker. Uh, he, he got a seventy-eight. Pango with a seventy-one uh, off the bench sent Supercoach the Supercoach world into meltdown when he was benched an hour before kickoff. I was debating whether to play him or not, and then we did. I think you missed the news completely, and then you were just sort of stuck playing him. So that was a good outcome for you. I was, I was raging. Yeah, I did. I was, I was doing an NFL draft, and I, I not only you know, miss you know, the news on Pangai, I stuffed up my trades in the process by missing the kickoff. And when I saw it, I was just, I was raging because, you know, I bought this bloke last week. He, he gets 30 or 20 odd last week and benched. played shocking. And, and then this week he's benched and I'm just like, what have I done? My season's crueled. And then he came on and absolutely, you know, he played like Madison, you know, he just came on with a immense PPM and he was involved and, he looked good. It's the first time I've probably seen him look good since he's really been to the Bulldogs. So if he's named on the bench next week, I, I will not be upset at all. Yeah, had a nice try assist to Burton, which boosted the score a little bit, but still 51 points in like base power, which is fine for TPJ considering the upside that he possesses. Uh, Aaron Shot with a 70, Paul Vaughan with a 60 rounds out the sort of best scores for them. Um, you touched on Ryan Madison and he was a big part of why Parramatta did get the win 22 to 20 over the Manly Seagulls. 91 points in just basically pure base power. Absolute machine. Was upgraded immensely through updates. He was an absolute freak. I, was con- I wasn't concerned, but I bought him this week. And when he was moved to the bench, I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, he's still a safe 60. But in no way, shape or form did I expect a 91-point output in just sheer P. I think you and I said this. Like, I, I just didn't think that PPM could continue. But he scored 90 points in 60 minutes and... Man, he he just he looks back to the matter of best, and I'm worried his name might get mentioned come Origin time. What did we used to call ourselves? Turncoat and something flip flop. Yeah, that's it. Last week on the podcast, I said he was a buy, and you said he wasn't a buy. I'm sitting yeah, here without here him, and yeah, you're sitting here with <laughs> you're sitting here with him with 91 points in base and power. This is bullshit. I'm uh, sick of this. I'm out. Yeah, hey guys, no luck. <laughs> No, nah, good pick. Like, and he's going to be hard to get because he'll be probably seven hundred k plus. I'm 
assuming with this score. And I guess the other guy is Penasini. Penasini is dead set stick in the boot in everyone that sold him. And he looks fantastic too. Like I wish I'd kept him. He, he could be a season long hold, especially with the Eels pretty, pretty good draw for up until about round 21, 22. I think the Eels got a gun draw. Yeah. Look, I, I did sell for someone good. I sold him for a gun, but I can't remember who, but so it, it Sort of sideways, but yeah, he is he is sensational. Like he, just the work rate. I think you and I alluded to this in the preseason when we did that sort of preseason analysis. Uh, I think you mentioned Will Penasini and his base and mm. how it's a safe floor. Although he is playing like in one of the worst spots to play on the right center for Parramatta. It's not a not a historic scoring point. Um, when he moved to the left wing, we all sort of jumped up and down, but he's just made it work, and he's been he's been fantastic. And yeah, looking like a season long keeper. Uh, Guthrie with an eighty three. Sean Lane, big fan of the show, with an eighty two. Uh, Hayes Perrin with a seventy eight. Tom Opachik seventy three. Isaiah Papali'i. It was looking grim, looking around the sort of mid forties, and then he pulled out some junk out of his ass in the last five minutes. Got a try assist to Will Penasini, so that bumped his score up to seventy two, which is respectable for his standards. Reed Marnie with a sixty four as well. As for Manly. They got done by the boot of Mitch Moses. He kicked them to the win. They do lose Turbo, which is going to be a huge, huge hurt on their season. Does Dez move Garrick to fullback, or does he move uh, Cooler to fullback? doesn't matter. I think Tupelotu's job security has been locked into place now. And if you bought him, I remember, I think him and Tass were the same price about four weeks ago. And if you went the Tupelotto route, you are laughing all the way to the bank because his spot is locked in and a 72 performance this weekend. Like, you're collecting points, you're collecting cash, and you've probably got a season-long keeper now. The week that everyone jumped on TAS, I remember it. Tupelotto was about 245, 255. He'd had one rice or yep. something like that. Yeah, that's right. So he was slightly ahead. And I remember at the time going, there's no point getting this guy. He's just going to burn me and... and how wrong we were like Tass burned us in the end. And he's a bona fide stud. Basically he's earned his spot somewhere in that back line. He has a spot now and I think he'll be there for the rest of the season. So it doesn't matter who comes back now. I think he's, he's in that side. It'll be interesting to see how Manly go without turbo Uh, in recent times. They have played a little bit better without him. Um, Not better than they do with him, obviously, but Compared to what they used to put up without him, they have improved a little bit and learned to play without him. So I expect Garrick to go into fullback 100%. He's he's a weapon himself when he does play fullback. Cooler, Cooler's been a great disappointment for me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like With Tupelodi playing so good, you've got Saab to come back into the fold, and I think it's going to be a shootout between Saab and Cooler as to sort of who gets the spot because... The centers, you could drop Morgan Harper. It's sort of been up in the air, and, and we'll have to look at it in time. Uh, but Garrick, as you mentioned, 100 points from him, which is fantastic as an owner. Uh, 72 points from Lachlan Croker. 72 points from Tom Trevojevic, who is no longer playing for the rest of the season. So, look, if you bought him, look, he's lost at the moment. He's lost 424K. He had 166 break. He's going to lose close to 500K when it's all said and done this season. And that's got to be one of the biggest fall-offs that I can remember in recent times. Yeah, well, 
when you're priced at 1.2 million, it's it's you know double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, it was always going to be tough for him to to live up to the magic of last year. Uh, Morgan Harp with a 70, and that's going to round up the top scores. As you said, Kula probably the only re- fantasy relevant guy down here with a 33, and Olakawatu with a 45. But I'm seriously looking at picking up Olakawatu moving forward uh, as a Lolo replacement with no turbo in the side. We saw how good he was with that combination with DCE and over Origin. Yeah, you'd think that he will just be a focal piece that they that they use. Like Kieran Foran might start to swing both sides with Jerry Evans out in the Maroons camp. Uh, moving on to, what was it, the first game on Saturday? The Dragons 24, the Warriors 18. This was a terrible game to watch. Uh, but it wasn't terrible because at the end of the podcast, I think I said Cody Ramsey for 100. And he went very close. He got 94. Is Cody Ramsey a legitimate option? Or are we just looking at this because he's played the Warriors? Yeah, I thought he was an option in the preseason, and look what happened. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, but like he just looks so good at fullback, and I don't know if it's my, my Cody Ramsey love affair, but like he just looked like really, really good at full, like really quick on his feet, really electric. And like I said, I don't know if that's because the Warriors just are not good. If he does it again next week, then I'll consider it. Uh, around 14 target, I'm strongly, strongly considering, and I have been for many, many weeks. Is Zach Lomax with a 92? He looks. Back, question mark. I want to see him do it against side not named the Warriors, and we'll go from there. Uh, Taltal Moan, 83. Mick Molo, not Francis, 69 points from him. Uh, no real huge scorers from the Dragons, just sort of a solid performance all round. Hey, someone that I am looking at, and if they can find their mojo, because they haven't scored a try since round one when they scored three, is Michaeli Ravalawa. Now, he's priced, I think he's priced at 200 and, 287k, and had a 40 break even this week, so he'll go down ever so slightly. We can get Ravalara at 270k. I think that's too much to pass up. I know he's been out of form. I know he hasn't scored tries, but at 270k to have on your bench over, he'll, he'll play around 17 as well. And he's not one of these guys that will be a terrible AE. I think he'll be a safe 35 points each week. And then the upside that he possesses, I am looking at him. I hadn't been looking at him, but now that you told me that he's 270k, I will consider that. Yeah, very cheap. He had that He had that 100 point performance in round one when he scored three tries. And since mm. since then, has not scored a try and sort of all been Lomax. Yeah, because Lomax's flick passes keep going into next week. <laughs> for the New Zealand Warriors, top scorer was Sean Johnson with a 96. 79 for Dalvin Tennis Lesniak. 70, uh, 61 from Jazz Tavanga. And I never thought I'd say he got more than 10 points. But Viliami Vayala with a 60-point performance is the worst thing for Supercoach because we have to hold him now for another three weeks. We have to hold him and we have to ride these price rises. And knowing our luck... He'll score like 10 points next week, 10 points the week after. Oh, no, sorry. He'll score 10 points next week, and he'll score another 60-point game in round 13, and then we're forced to hold him even longer. How's he only got 60? He scored, from what, <laughs> like, from what I saw, he scored two tries, no line breaks. He did make a line break towards the end of the game, and I could have sworn there was a, um, a try assist, which should have had a line break assist. He's actually not even going to make that much money. He had a 26 break even, so he didn't even exceed his BE by that much, so... Yeah, he'll he has make a career a... day and he gets 60. Wow. Oh, I can't wait for round 14 to come quick enough. Uh, AFB, loose Frank injury. Could be out for quite a long time. Uh, but Tohu Harris is back. If we're looking at a Lolo replacement, Tohu Harris, 56 points. And he's only his second game back. He will be 601k with a monster break even. So expect some price drops. But yeah, look, it's... You probably can't wait till round thirteen if you've got Lolo, or unless you want to go like buy a Matto or something. But yeah, I'm looking. I'm definitely looking at picking up some uh, some tofu for myself. 
if I go there, it would be not on, next week, the week yeah, after. Yeah, on round 13 after he gets his first drop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking at him. I watched the game closely. He was well involved, and I think his work rate's only going to get better as he gets fitness in his legs, and they do look a lot better, and he, do, he is quite creative. So I think he'll have either tries or try assists or line break assists or whatever pop up over the week. So he's definitely an option, but if I can get him at a bit cheaper of a price, it's like the timing's just rough. You know, yeah. if he had to come back a week or two earlier, it would have been perfect. Well, now, yeah, now with the Lolo injury, just sort of, it really hinders us a little bit. Uh, on the podcast on Tuesday, I said one of my hot takes for the week was Melbourne. They were going to put 40 points on the Cowboys. Um, bum. Yeah. Uh, 36 to 6. Cowboys absolutely throttled them. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Take like, nothing away from the Cowboys. They were they were exceptional. Like they were really good. Say what you want about Pappenhausen being out, uh, Remus Smith being out, Hughes being out, uh, Nelson Asper Solomon being out. Like, yeah, Melbourne were missing a lot of their starters, but the Cowboys were very good, and they have been very good all year. Yeah, look, I don't really. I know you can say that, but I've seen the other gun sides. You know, over the years, they've missed a few players and they've not really been towed up like this, like two weeks in a row. Like you look at the Chooks last year, they were missing like eight to 10 players and they were not only winning games, they were at least competing in games, you know, for most of the season. And I've I've seen the same thing with Penrith, you know, last season, they went through a period where Cleary, you know, was out with his shoulder. And I think... Luai might have been out at the same time, et cetera. And, and they, they just, their systems got the job done. And even if they lost, they, they competed. And that was probably the worst Melbourne performance I've seen in, in many, many years, to be honest with you. And I give full credit to, to the Cowboys. You know, I, I mentioned Reese Robson last week, how I thought he was a buy and he was brilliant on the weekend. I thought, I thought he was, he was one of their best hundred percent. And, you know, Nanai's, Nanai is one of those players. He reminds me a little bit of Kikau. He does these freakish things, and then at other times he's a little bit lazy. And the whole back line's really purring. And Chad Townsend, like, I know he he cops a lot of shit, but I think he's a really underrated buy for what he has done for that side. Yeah, I, you and I slammed the Cowboys. I didn't think how the Townsend did thing would work. Like, we, we, we rinsed them. I think and, I had him coming second last. Yeah, I think I had them. And I'll coming. put my hand up and say I was wrong, yeah. like hundred percent wrong, because they look every bit the top four side at the moment. Gen- genuine question: Let's say, let's say Damien Cook is not available for Origin. Reese Robson over over Coruscant. Ask the question over Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, he's, he's much younger, so um, and, and just in general, I th- I think he's more suited to Origin than Arpi is. Arpi has a lot of errors in his game. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that call at all. Uh, you mentioned Nanai, ninety-one point performance from him. Reese Robson with an eighty-nine point performance as well. Uh, Tom Gilbert with an eighty-six. Peter Hiku with a seventy, uh, and Ruben Cotter with a sixty-point performance off the bench. Uh, the big thing to note here: Jason Tamalolo, sixteen points out for potentially four weeks with a medial. So, kind of ruins our round thirteen planning. Uh, I didn't really see him as a keeper long long term. So, yeah, he's got to be moved on. Uh, for the Melbourne Storm, Craig Bellamy's come out and admitted that Harry Grant is not a halfback as much as they needed to make it work. They they need Hughes back. I think Hughes is, is huge for this side. They, they need him back desperately. I think you can make it work without Pappenhausen, but I think you need Hughes in that side just to help Munster as well. So him out and Grant playing um, at halfback. Yeah, you got a try assist. He got 49 points, which is fine, but 
They, they need Hughes back, and, and Felice Cafusi top scored with a 75-point game. No one else scored above 50, so it says a lot. Um, panic stations for Cam Munster, are you looking to move him on, or is it just a, a bump in the road for a guy like him? I won't be selling Cam Munster unless he's uh, injured. Um, I think they should have just picked Nick Arima, to be honest with you. Like, it would have made more sense, and you, then you still get Harry's attack out of dummy half. You know, you, you get... Brendan Smith would have stayed in the prop position, which I think would have helped them defensively and given them a little bit more punch coming off their own goal line. I just think it would have made a lot more sense if they had done that as opposed to moving Harry Grant. I think they were putting a lot on his shoulders the same way they put a lot on Paul Wishart last week to ask him to play fullback against the defending premiers. So, yeah, it's, it's weird to see Bellamy make tactical errors, but I think he has made a couple in the last few weeks. We are all human. I think it'll be a big, big test for the Cowboys next week as they take on the Panthers, who looked, quite frankly, ridiculous as to how good they looked against you guys. Like, say what you want about how poor the Roosters were and a couple of errors here or there, but the fact that Penrith just just took those errors and just butchered... Like, that's what the good sides do. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And the Penrith, just with 32 points, looked effortless in doing it. Um, you guys did not stand a chance in the second half, and, and I think that's just all down to Penrith and just how clinical they are. It's scary how good this football side is. The funny thing is, is that we dominated the second half. Like, we had all the possession, and we basically couldn't crack them. Like, I think, that's, I, think last... that says, I think that says more about Penrith, to be honest, about just how good they are at defending. I, I, I can't cop Penrith, but you've, you've just got to take it just how well-oiled they are. It's just it's scary as to how good this football side is and how young they all are as well still. Look, I'd normally come on here and I'd slam the chooks and I'd be all be they all pissed off. I'm not actually that pissed off with the the loss. They the, for the first 25 minutes, the, it was a real hard fought back and forth game, and the defense was great. And when you Yeo put that move on, or however you say his name, like it just opened the game up. And then off the back of that, they they just the Roosters lost their you know their mojo a little bit in their defense. Just momentarily, it was like a 10 or 12 minute period of the game and they put on 18 points. And then in the second half, you know, one of those tries that they scored was an intercept length of the field try. The Roosters were quite good. It's just at the moment, like Luke Keery as a Roosters fan is really giving me the shits. Like he's just not playing good football at all. And I think it's hindering, it's hindering Tedesco. It's hindering um, young Skywalker as well. And, He's the thing at the moment. Like he needs to take control and be a halfback, but I don't think he is. I think he's a five eighth, and I think that's where the Roosters are going wrong. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to 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 work out where it's going wrong. What what isn't tough to work out though? Super coach points and Angus Crichton with a seventy four and Bruce Buy of the week. Nat Butcher sixty nine points, doing sweet FA. Yeah, I didn't think he played that well either. To be honest with you. Um, from a non-supercoach perspective, he got found out defensively once or twice. Uh, so 69 points, but for supercoach purposes is wonderful. I, I don't know if that will be the same next week when he moves back to lock, I assume. Um, but his work rate's always been there. And I, I did say earlier in the week that he does have an attacking upside, so it might balance out. He's he's definitely still a buy, and he's someone I really think I will end up buying this week. Uh, I'll probably end up skipping on... I think the Canberra hooker, I'll probably pass on him. I think I'll go butcher Smart. this week. I'm, get rid I'm of glad Tulagi you're seeing and... the light that Wolford is not the, great of, the greatest of buyers. 
I think he is, but the no. minutes today were concerning. That's, but we'll, that's, we'll talk about that on Tuesday. The, that's the thing. I just don't. I just don't think he can. Uh, Teddy with a sixty-seven, Momorowski with a sixty-six, Luke here with a sixty-five, Takiaho with a sixty-four. So plenty of good supercoach output for a side that only put up twelve points. But just from a footy standpoint, just yeah. If you watch that, if you looked at the scoreline, didn't watch the game, you'd think Penrith just ran you off the park, but it definitely wasn't that at all. I think. They were just very good at, at taking what was given to them. Uh, Jerome Lloyd with 102 points. Fisher-Harris with an 89. Cleary with an 84. Uh, Apicorosau with a 70. Isaiah Yo with a 68. Scott Sorensen, the bench player of the year. What's he, he hasn't lost... I think he's won 20 consecutive games coming off the bench. Um, good good stat there. 65 points from him. But, yeah, overall, I just think... Uh, Shows just how how quality the Roosters are. Uh, we're going to take a quick short break, uh, and we're going to finish up with the Sunday games, finish up with our winners and losers, and we'll answer a couple of your guys' questions. So sit tight, and we will be back very, very... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very shortly. And we are back. Uh, a couple of people, a couple of South fans in the chat, Brew, asked us if we can skip this game. I think for good reason. South 12, 32, the Raiders. South were shocking. I, this was a dreadful game to watch if you were watching from any kind of hope for fantasy output, for Supercoach output as a South fan. I don't know. This was shocking. Yeah, this this killed my Supercoach week, basically. Um, and they were bad. Like, they were really, really bad. I, I think I offended a lot of people last week on social media when after the game with the Warriors, I said that's pretty much a loss for you guys. Like, in my opinion, like, that's as good as a loss. That second half is something to be seriously concerned about. Now, I actually thought that they would take that, bottle it, and learn from it and become better this week and come out and really take it to the Raiders. Like, I expected the scoreline to be the opposite to what it is. What's, and they were real bad today. What's going wrong? Um, is it simply Cody's... like down, is it, is it just down to the Adam Reynolds narrative? Like, is that is it as, as big as that, that they're not having a good game controlling seven? Because as good as Adam Reynolds is, like they're dropping a lot of balls. They're, they're not, not, not completing sets, not putting themselves in good spots of the field. Like it's, I think it's bigger than just Adam Reynolds, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think one player can make a club fall completely to pieces. So I definitely think there's more to it than that. Something's off with Cody this year. Like he's, his passes aren't hitting the mark. His steps not there. He, he makes really weird decisions. There was at one point today where he, he went left down a short side and put a kick in like an awkward looking kick to the corner, but there was no, the center and the winger were 20 meters back. Like there was no one in Kui and, I just saw that and went, they wouldn't have done that in, in previous years. Like they would have done something a little bit more clinical. They would have got a repeat set or, you know, kicked out to the wing or, or something like that. I don't think Taff is very good. Like I don't think just, he's a bad player, but I, I just think he's just an average kind of player and he doesn't offer a great deal. Do um, we do you and like, I for example do you and I have to admit it that maybe 
maybe we were too harsh on Dan Gagai. <laughs> maybe we were. Maybe he, he did open up their, their right side, their left side, whatever side he played last year. I can't even remember now. Um, left. I'm too fixated that, yeah, on, just... on Taff. Like, yeah, like I think he's playing fullback, Taff. He's playing fullback for South at the moment. I think Ruben Garrick's a bit of fullback than he is, and he doesn't play fullback as his primary position, for example. I think he offers more, offers more creatively. And, yeah, just in general, like you said, the mistakes were really bad. Like Liam Knight must have made four or five really bad mistakes today, drop balls and stuff like that. And it just seems like every week someone's doing that for them. And, yeah, it's it, uh, it might be a coaching thing. It's something we haven't considered. It might be the way they're being coached. Like Arrow well, I, I can think- be quite creative and he's doing nothing like he, like sorry don't get me wrong he's doing a lot of work he's making a shitload of tackles and i think he was their leading meter eater today but there's no offload there's no none of the creative stuff that we know that arrow can do we saw him do it for the titans yeah i, I don't i don't i just don't know where to put my finger on it just from a footy standpoint because like the talent is there like, just from a general footy point, the talent is definitely there, but it's just not clicking. Um, but I guess people are here to, for us to what Supercoach, and, and from that, Damien Cook top-scored the game, actually. Not just for South, he top-scored the game with an 88. Uh, Campbell Graham with a 53, Arrow with a 52, Nicarima yeah. with a 50. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Taff and Walker. Sorry, yeah, t- yeah Taff and Walker, 28-24, respectively. I think Cody, Cody will always feature in my 17 each week, but Taff... I just don't think the ceiling is there for him to be a, a genuine reserve. Like I'm leaving out guys like Cotter or uh, a guy like even Starling who had a better game. Like I'd, I'd rather just take the safe floor with them rather than risking it on Taft. So I think he's done his dash in my side and I don't even know if he's worth holding up until round 17. Um, I so, sold Taft. I sold Taft this week. Yeah, look, if I if I had some boosts left, he'd definitely be someone I'd be considering flicking on. But for now, I think he's okay to ride the pine. His break-even this week was six, so he'll still make a little bit of cash, and, and my, maybe he's a trade-out target at the end of next week. Um, but for the for the Raiders, they for, for as much as I give Ricky Stewart shit, um, it's working. Whatever they're doing is working. Jack Whiten, I think, is huge for this side. Um, not so much from a super coach standpoint, but just from a footy, footy standpoint, I think Jack Whiten... Is a very good footballer. I think he cops a lot of unnecessary shit because he won a Dally M that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, but Jack Whiten is a good football player. Whiten was uh, really good today, uh, except for the dog shot that he did on my boy Tane Milne. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can we go back and talk about Tane Milne? Or do you want me just to skip over him? Oh, no. Guys, I bought Tane Milne this week and he scored six, six points, points and got a HIA and ruined my round. Oh, you got, um, I, I didn't see the HIA. So I, I wondered why he got so little. Did he, did he go off? Did he? Yeah, uh, Jack, he got, it was a good tackle, to be honest with you, but Whiten went over the top and there was a bit of a, not really a head slam, but that's effectively the way the tackle fell. And yeah, he got taken off, failed HIA, got six points. So I must have missed that. Yeah, not, I, uh, not ideal. I ended up, I didn't watch the last 20 minutes of the game. I had the shits that bad, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I was cranky, I'll be honest with you. It did literally ruined my week. Um, but for the Raiders, the Raiders were playing creative, fun footy, I guess. And Hudson Young, he looks really good since they've put him on the edge. You know, I, I was a bit dirty with him initially because it was at the expense of CHN. And I've always thought CHN deserves a spot somewhere in the side. But 
Yeah, he's been real good. Papali had a good game, although Papali might be carrying an injury now. It'd be interesting to see what happens with that shoulder. What is Ricky um, doing with this rotation? Because Adam Elliott was their best player in the first 25 minutes. Like Adam Elliott was just sensational. And then Ricky just, Ricky just decides, you know what? I'm just not going to play you for the next 55 minutes. No, he came back on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he came on for like very, very little. But like, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. This is not how yeah. the, this is not how my this is not how my Adam Elliott narrative was supposed to go down. Yeah, this is why I can't own I can't own Raiders forwards anymore. I just there's no trust factor. Like you, one week they kill it, the next week you know they they have a, a pretty solid game, and then the week after they're on the bench or they're playing Reggie's or at the last minute, you know that he's wearing you know he's on the bench. Like it's just. It's too much for my health to, to deal with Ricky's fucking team changes. <laughs> Ricky is the reason why I take antidepressants. Um, I'm also getting very, very sick and tired of Tom Starling. I'll play him next yeah. week. I'll, I'll, I'll play him next week. I'm going to put the reserve on him, and he'll score 28 points. And then the week after, I won't play him, and he'll score 70. I'm yeah. testing my patience. Yeah, see, that's that's Katoni Stags for me. Um, I'm just going to hold him, and that bastard is going to wear me down, and some weeks he'll... They'll go really well, and well, we already spoke about the Broncos, didn't we? We got Tony Stags owners. We got so lucky on the weekend. That dude punched out like twenty odd points in goal kicking and got given a free line break and try assist. Otherwise, it was a very sad twenty seven to thirty five point performance from Tony Stags. But we'll take the eighty three. Uh, I guess from from the Raiders standpoint, from fantasy relevance, uh, Hudson Young with a eighty seven, uh, Josh Papali'i. In hindsight. I should have put my entire life savings on him to score a try in a milestone game. Hindsight's a great mm. thing. Should have done it. Uh, he got an 83. Uh, Nick Kotrick uh, got an 81. Rappiner with a 68. Horser with a 61. And that is kind of it for the, the big, big scores. Heading into today, however, sort of make or break for a lot of people. A lot of people either were tossing up between Hines or Cleary or, or whatever as to what they did. And it sort of came down to this last game. And it was the Titans, 18-25, the Cronulla Sharks. And... Jared Wallace with a double would have paid a fortune if you put some money on that. Uh, Isan Masters with a 73, Jaden Campbell with a 64, and that is sort of it for the top scorers in there. No one sort of over 60 for them. However, it was looking great for Nico Hines, captainers. He was on 75, slots a field goal. You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll collect our 85, 90 points pending updates. And then the Titans decide to get a line break on the stroke of full time, and Nico just holds them down and gets sent off or Sinbin. So. Minus 20 if you had the captain, minus 10 if you didn't. I mean, still 78 points pre-updates, so he could still tick up, which should be nice. But 78 points in the pouring rain when the Sharks did not look good for 40 minutes of that game, I will take it. Um, you captain Cleary this week, if I'm correct? Yeah, it was, it's it's funny. It, it was pretty much Cleary or, or Nico this week. That's where everyone went. 35% actually ended up going on Hines, and I think 15% went on Cleary and... Anybody who captained anyone else isn't a serious player, I guess. Um, I think after updates, there'll be a bees dick between them. I think Hines is owed a little bit. I think you're splitting hairs between the two of them, so you couldn't have gone wrong either way. Yeah, well, that that was my point. And it was just funny with the sin bit at the end. Like, I own Nico Hines, and I was cheering that he got binned because I saw him go to 84. And Cleary was, I think, at the time, I think he was on 80. He's updated since to 84, which is, you know, neither here nor there. But I was just like, yes, Cleary wins. <laughs> I won. Cleary it's, a little, wins. it's a little win. It's a small it's a little, little sliver. <laughs> I, I edged out much. the six points. No, I think updates will have them very, very close to each other. Uh, Connor Tracy with a 79. Lockie Miller 
with a 77. What, well. what is a Will Kennedy? Who is a Will Kennedy? Uh, mm. Don't buy Lockheed Miller. If you ask me a question, if you buy it, I'm just not going to answer it. Um, Blake Bradley with a 73. Ronaldo Molotalo with a 72. Uh, Britton Nakora with a 68. Cam McInnes, 64. I'm very much... Week looking. in, week outs. Yep. Doesn't, he, he just plods along. He just plods along with mm-hmm. his 60s, and I'm definitely looking at him. Um, I'm just thinking I abandoned ship on round 13, mate. Like I just, I had like 14 people, and they're all going down injured, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start buying round 17, guys. I'm pretty much... I'm pretty much doing the same because I'm getting I'm getting frustrated because you know all these guys that were going to be playing and now playing Origin or they're getting injured and I'm losing them and I'm a bit fed up with it and there's a few games in 17 that I like and just in general I feel like I'm going to play more of a head to head style now build build the team not so much focus on that first buy and I'll just make sure that I'll pick up as many extra heads as I can for 17 along the way and hopefully have good numbers for that one and be strong for the finish. Uh, what else do we have happening here? Sifa Talakai, 43. Let's talk about Sifa Talakai. Uh, I, I can't, I don't know. How I want long, to. I don't I know how long I can keep, I, I, I don't know how long I keep can defending him for. I keep defending the bloke week in, week out, and he's starting to, he's looking good though. This is the thing, like Look, he looks good. No, he's not. He's not. He's, and this is what being my point. He hasn't looked good for weeks. And, and everyone, like I, I have bowed down to public, you know, opinion on this guy, how, you know, he's getting his duel and in the centers, you know, on a bad day, he gets 30 or 40. I get that. But the bloke was 750K. Like, yeah, but now, sorry, was where, where, did you, where did you buy him at? Well, I bought him at like, I don't know, 420K yeah, or something. So I, I made, bought him quite low. So I, I don't have the same. If, if you bought him at sky high price, I can understand the frustration. But I bought him at like a bottom. So I'm not too fussed. But he's got 43 points this week with a try, try assist and a line break assist. Like, take 20 points off that. He scored 23 this week. Did he? And that injury, like, if anyone wants to say, oh, but he was injured, he was injured in the 75th minute. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's real. Like, I've got to hold him now because he, he's pretty, he's either, you could say he's lost too much money, but he's still going to be worth a mozza. But he's, he's going to get his duel and he does play the second buy and, you know, it, it he'll, be about, be, he'll, be, he'll be about six hundred k after lockout. If he is injured, it could be a like a silver lining there because yeah. I, I honestly think that there's better options. Like I'd rather take someone like a Garrick or like a Mulatalo, for example. Is well, someone, someone like just post, I'd rather someone, have them. Someone just put that in the chat. Is Talakai to Ronaldo sideways? No, well, I don't think it is because Ronaldo is going to get tries, and and when. Kicks go up to the wing, like they're going to go to him. They're not going to go to Talakai. And, you know, most of Talakai's points come off feeding Ronaldo anyway. So if Talakai is getting the points, Ronaldo is probably getting more because he's probably getting the try and, and, and getting the 30, not getting the the um, the 20 that you get for the, the try assist. Talakai only had a try contribution in this game, if that changes your mind. So you got, you got 30 on in base. Did he? I swear I, I checked it before we came on and he had a no. try assist, but anyway. Yeah, he, he has a try contribution, um, which which takes him down to, to 39. Now, does that change him on as a centre wing? Like, don't judge him as a 2RF. I said this to you on, th- on Tuesday. Judge him as a, as a centre wing. Is 39 points on a really bad day, fine, because that's what Talamay got. And Talamay's in a better side, much more attack, and they scored 36 points. It is. If there's going to be big scores coming, but we soon. know there is though. We've seen that. We've seen him go on runs. Like if, if he can, if he can we get. We saw back. him go on one run in his career. 
No, no, Talakai has been like a, 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 a perennial run kind of guy. And I get it. Yeah, we're losing lots of cash. We could have sold him at 750k. We could have made a Mozza. But we There's can't. 14 points in junk. He got a line assist and he got okay. a try contribution. Okay. So, but, so yeah, you, you still can't say could have. Like, we could have done a lot of things. Like, I could have started without Jermaine Tanoor Brown, but we, we didn't. You know, I, I just feel like at center wing, he's going to be a guy that is a safe. 35, 40 points, and, and he's got the massive upside. And I get it. You, he's 750K. We could have sold. We could have made a lot of money, but we didn't. So I think you just just hold. I mean, if he's out, if he's got to lose Frank injury, he's out for 16 weeks, and obviously we sell him, which will be great because it gives me an excuse to sell him. But I don't think it was either Liz Frank. I reckon he's got syndesmosis. Uh, it we'll just say. feels it feels like an abusive relationship where, like, I'm always thinking, like, you know, he's a good guy. Like, he'll come back and... I feel like I'm going to get punished until round 25. We'll be having the same conversation in round 25. Good. Hopefully uh, on the other side of the coin. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's basically the round done, my man. I kind of up and down. I think if you scored, if, I think if you scored around 1100, you've done very very well. If you scored about a thousand, thousand fifty, whatever, I think that's par. Um, but yeah, it's hard because like the scores that I judge par off are, are very very good players. So I'm kind of going to engage from what's happening in the chat. Um, but yeah, I mean 980. You'll probably see some red arrows. I'll probably see a fair few red arrows. I'm sitting in the top 600, so I will see some red arrows with just over a thousand. But let's hope updates can be I kind think, to us. I think 1050 is part. To be honest with you, there's a yeah, lot yeah, of 10, 1050, under 10, I think 10, 1050 is is thereabouts. But like, I don't know. I, it's hard for me because I'm looking. Like I said, I, I generally get par from the Podmasters group. I, and yeah, when I'm looking at my Podmaster league, and most teams like, oh yeah, we're in. Spy we're got a thousand and forty four. De- uh, sorry, Des got 1,072. Last year's champ got 1,092. Like, there's not really many 1,100s. Like, except for Sab's got a big one. Like, everyone else, like, even Timmy. Like, Timmy's got less than me. So, I don't know, man. I, I think that it might be a bit different to what we think. I reckon 1050's par. If you got 1,100, you absolutely blitzed it. Bro, the physio... The, got, the, 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 the physio's in the top 250. you got like 11, 1,100. So he's going to be flying. Absolutely flying, the physio. He's doing very well this year. Um, Bastard all. But overall, man, who are, you, who are your big winners, your big losers from the round gone by? Um, South Sydney are my big losers. Just in general? I'm not happy with them, right? Just in general. Yep, not happy with them at all. Um, I'm not sure. Like, Cobo, obviously. Cobo's a big, big winner. Absolutely, the, he's the, a big winner. The penis, Madison. Madison's a big winner. Penis, he's a big winner. <laughs> Penisini <laughs> threw me off there. Oh, we're so mature. I, I thought Tago was a big winner. To be honest, he might not have scored yeah, a massive he got score. Fifty-seven. But I didn't think. He, I didn't think he did anything. That's what I mean. And, and they played a tough side, so that, I think that's good signs for owners. Um. Yeah, I mean, Manly. Manly. Manly I mean, big I think losers yeah. for the week. Melbourne, okay, big cool. losers for this week. But. Let's let's um let's talk about this before we, before we wrap up because we're not going to answer any questions this uh, tonight because I've got some stuff to do. But I'm a Ruben Garrick owner. You're not a Ruben Garrick owner, correct? No, I don't own Garrick. Okay, so we can look at this from two different sides. As a Ruben mm-hmm. Garrick owner, it is fine. I am not happy. I am not sad. Him at fullback is fine. As a non-owner. Are you now rush, running out to buy him, or are you happy you're not owning? Not running out to buy him. I'm having a look at him now. So he's 635 for an underperforming right 71. So he's going to probably be at 650 if you want to get him this week. Available at center, 
playing fullback for the rest of the season. I'd need to do a have a look into his scores when starting. From memory, fullback. he had one last year. He had one exceptional score, and I think it was against the Cowboys. I think he scored a hundred at fullback, and then after that, it was sort of fifty-five, sixties. So, like that's what I'm saying. As an owner, it is fine. I'm o- it's cool. It's whatever. But like as a non-owner, I don't know if I'd be rushing out to buy him. But I wouldn't be panic selling either. Yeah, it's hard for me because. I've got Tago and Talakai to come down to my centers. And I really think Suwali, Talamay, and Tago themselves, I'll probably hold them for the most of the season because I just feel like... Your mate, your mate uh, Daniel Tupo, he, he's playing his last game for my club uh, next week. Oh, the week after next, he is, he is done. Well, see, I, I'm thinking Suwali... Is going to be a real long term hold. Yeah, I'll hold slowly. I can see him being Tupo, but the difference is you got him for peanuts and you can just flex play him come the back end of the season. So I don't really need to chase too many centers. That's why Talakai have kind of been looking and going, you know what? Once these guys come down, I'll, I'll have pretty deep. Like I've got May, who's a season long hold, in my opinion. Uh, Stags, who probably isn't a season long hold, but he's the top guy that I could. And I've got. Tane Mill now, who I bought last week. And Vaella, mate. This don't, week. Don't, so, don't forget Vaella. Vaella's an absolute weapon. So is James Schiller, <laughs> and so is Tavita Kula. Studs. Love my, uh, yeah, you're love right, though. I've, I've gone from having like a very, very thin center wing to now moving Talakai down next week and moving um, Tago down this week to being like, oh, one of these guys have to sit out. Yeah, I'll have to move them slowly based on when I can pick off Kula and Vaella. So they might not even move down next week for me, but. As soon as I can get him down, I'm probably going to have to flick Schiller and do a sideways trade to a gun that's actually sorry a cow that's actually going to make some money. But all right, we'll work that out before we go. Are you getting in Karaz? No questions asked. To be honest, I will probably go Schiller to Karaz this week. I, I've I've been holding Schiller, hoping that you know Ricky would stop, like would keep getting his shotgun out and shooting these blokes, and eventually his name would just pop up on buy round and I'd have an extra number, but it's it's looking unlikely now. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I've been your host at the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence. Um, I've been joined by Barassi, coach of the Brew World Order. We'll be back on what, Tuesday. We're back on Tuesday to to, round, on Tuesday. to round up Teamless Tuesday and preview the, the fun, fun week ahead. Mate, uh, where can people find you if they want to tell you how bad a super coach you are? Twitter. Find me on Twitter, BrewSC22. All right, guys. Thank you very much for for listening. Um, enjoy enjoy tomorrow when the when the, when the lockout opens and uh, make those rage trades. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Bye. Ciao for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 